please welcome in our new sponsor, Fight Camp. Let's be honest, we could all use a little bit more motivation when it comes to working out. Allow me to introduce you to Fight Camp. Fight Camp is an interactive at-home boxing. They bring the best workout in the world into your home and they make it fun. You can explore thousands of workouts led by expert trainers with decades of experience teaching proper boxing form and technique. Fight Camp has live punch counting stats that motivate you by counting each punch throughout your workout and pushing you to meet goals each round. As you progress, you'll unlock achievements and you can go head to head against other members, whether they're across the country or even across your living room. Man, that would be fun to challenge uh, a friend or a brother or a sister and you have some live action rounds going here like I could land more punches than you and so on. So, I mean, it just sounds like so much fun with Fight Camp because they have that versus mode and that is so cool. So make it a little challenge amongst yourselves. So one of the best things about Fight Camp is that it makes boxing accessible to everyone, no matter what fitness level you're at, what age you're at, or what experience of boxing you have. It doesn't matter, you could do it. And you're gonna have a great time as well. So join the biggest boxing community in the world without leaving your home. Fight Camp packages start at just $99. They even offer some great financing options so you can get started for as low as $9 a month. To get everything you need, go to fightcamp.com slash two-man to learn more. That's fightcamp.com slash two-man, T-W-O-M-A-N. So that's right, folks. Go to fightcamp.com slash two-man and get all the motivation you need to start working out today. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. To the two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host jp john pause with me today two very special guests they're of course part of the legendary von eric family we have marshall and ross the former mlw tag team champions welcome the von erics how you guys doing good man, man. how are you having us very good very good i guess we'll start with uh marshall what's going on in your world and uh, obviously we'll go to ross too but what's going on in your world world's been good uh there's been a lot of changes to my face uh <laughs> most of all which is the mustache but the mustache has been the, the talk of the Varner compound for the past uh, few days and then big brother followed for the first time in my footsteps so 
it's uh it's pretty cool but uh, you know everything's been going good i just built a just built a house uh we've taken we've taken some uh time off just to get the house finished um where i was at i was in a little farmhouse about 500 square feet but i got two babies now so it was getting kind of tight uh with a one bedroom and so uh we're trying to make room so that i can get back on the road and devote more time to this art that i love you know we want to give the next five to six seven years um we want to go all out in uh in professional wrestling we want to dedicate completely dedicate ourselves and now that uh, my family is 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 housed and has a you know a place where they can uh, they can they can stay comfortably you know i feel a lot more comfortable than doing longer trips rather than doing you know three or four three or four day trips and then coming right back back and forth back and forth and so it's a it's i'm getting everything we're getting everything structured right now to for uh for another another big i guess tour what we'd call it what about you, Ross? What's going on? Uh man, not a whole lot. Just uh, going to the beach, you know, hanging out with friends, uh, hanging out with the family, uh, trying to make the most of. We got a little bit of downtime now. We have a, what is it, a month and a half or two? Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, just just enjoying it, hanging out with the nieces and nephews, and uh, driving everybody to practice and stuff. So good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been fun. You guys still on the island? Still in Hawaii? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. still on Kauai. We've been uh, we've been coaching uh, uh, or coaching our nephews. They're, they're little football players, and so um, just helping out as much as we can. A lot of the times when we're gone, there, there's a lot of things we we not able to do, and so being here for the for this is is really cool. Getting to watch the kids grow up a little bit. And, yeah, when we're on the road, we feel like we're always missing out on stuff, and then yeah. so this downtime, we're like, you know, let's uh, let's dedicate time to the family, do all the stuff we we regret when we're on the road. So. Exactly. It's just self-inflicted downtime, or like, how come? Th- how come you guys have uh, time off? Um, well, yeah. So, so we're just that the house situation. I was building. Uh, I wanted to get my family in a and basically in the house, so that so that we can have more. I can leave them comfortably because you know it's hard. The five hundred square foot. Ross and I go on trips and stuff, and my wife's kind of stuck in one room with two with two babies, and I I could see that was kind of wearing wearing on her a little bit. So. Ross helped me, but we learned uh, drywall, electrical, pretty much everything you got to know to build a house. And we got this uh, this whole house built and set. It's uh, we learned from YouTube University. We had some good people help us. There's um, a lot of, a lot of people came in and out and helped helped us through the trip. But you know now 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 they're squared away, and so the, we've been taking the last month to get real to get back into shape and you know take a you know we're we're gonna we're gonna pour our next five to seven years, maybe even longer, but. We feel like uh, it's that it's it's time. I know uh, a lot of people uh, don't know, but I, I guess our, uh, our our time with MLW is 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 almost up. I think June first is when our contracts are up, and so we're just gonna see uh, see see what happens after that. Play the field, you know. Never say never, but we're just gonna yeah yeah just see what comes comes to us from the, or after this. So it looks like you guys will be back in January when they have their, I guess, return. I think it's Philadelphia or whatever it is. Um, you we're hoping to. Uh, yeah, we're 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 not one hundred percent sure on that. Yeah, we, we haven't heard anything. We haven't heard anything yet. But yeah, we yeah we definitely want to be a part of it for sure. Do you miss MLW? Do you want to get back in there? Yeah, man. MLWs did, uh, and they've done. Yeah, they've done so much for us. They've been like. Uh, I've, I've said it before in interviews, but MLW came in like a at, at a at a crazy time. Court Bauer came when we were uh, we were on the indie scenes, mostly in Texas and doing some international stuff, Israel and Japan, and 
they came in and let us really get to see you know the east the east coast of of the united states and get to wrestle in towns we never thought we would wrestle in and uh couldn't believe that we were even recognizing some of these towns and definitely gave us uh, a lot of tv experience and, and things you know being in japan um you don't there's not much promo work that you get done you know it's mostly just professional wrestling so mlw has been you know a huge blessing and in that regard we love the whole team we love all the guys up there and stuff made some like made some brothers and stuff so you know who who knows you know what we we you know we want to we hopefully hopefully we'll keep doing ml keep doing mlw shows after after the the the, the contracts are up but we'll see you know we have we're i, I say we're in good relationship with court and everybody up there so yeah it's just uh yeah, we, we've taken some time off for the house and court respected that and stuff. So, so, so yeah, that's where we're at right now. I feel like with you guys, MLW has like their own guys. You know what I mean? Like Fatu, Hammerstone, you guys are like the core guys. So if they lose you, I mean, that would be a big loss. But like right now, them not having you kind of, kind of stink just for like a fan perspective, not having you guys around. Yeah, man. No, no. no we're, yeah. yeah if, if we're, I mean, we'd love to be there. Yeah. 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 We, we've been ready. My family's been in the house for about a month. So yeah, we, we've been, we've been, we've been ready to come back and, well, we'll we'll see. We'll see when we set up a phone call soon with MLW, and yeah, we want to get get back in there, man. Ross, when you like initially kind of just got into the business, because we're winding all the way back. Did your dad want you to be a wrestler or no? Uh, he was he was real big on not wanting to force us into anything, and uh, uh, I think a lot of the the feelings were like. Um, a lot of people thought that we would be forced into it, you know, or my dad felt like the fans thought he was forced into it. So he just wanted to make, you know, you know, make it totally yeah. up, up to us. And so we've, um, we've been athletes our whole life. And so our first love was um, <clears throat> football and track and all that stuff. And, um, and we got an opportunity to do a, a wrestling, uh, a wrestling camp with Harley race uh, right out of high school. And, like okay let's let's try it out you know it went from there right to japan and so um it's it's more of a thing that's kind of grown on us like our love is like the longer we've been doing it the more we've been falling in love with it and um like a dream too good to come true in a way we we, we as kids we we always you know we're wrestling all the time we've had sixty thousand matches on a trampoline and backyards and all that stuff yeah. wrestled our friends started a little kid promotion in the in the in the, in the little neighborhood that we had not really neighborhood is a farm. But we had a bunch of people come up and, you know, start a little on promotion. But it, when we got in the ring together for the first time uh, at Harley Races Camp, I remember we first got in there. My dad and Harley were sitting around in the ring, like watching us. It was, I don't know, it's, it's, it's you, you, you can't imagine that you'd ever do what your, your dad did. Cause I, we saw, we saw our dad as, you know, as a, as a, as a Hercules, you know, and to, to think like, man i i guess you never you never think that you'll be you'll meet that level and and uh fill those shoes and 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 all that but honestly at first we did kind of look at it like that like oh man we'll never fill these shoes this is this is this is crazy look look who they were and then as we wrestled we got to know our uncles more and more by going to towns they've been in meeting so many people that that knowing them it was like uh it's almost made wrestling more attractive because i felt like i was getting to know my family a little better and that's what i think my cousin lacy uh, got into wrestling for too is get her know to get to know her father better because she meets so many men that were on the road with him that knew him and and so it's uh, re wrestling has in a weird way you can be so far across the world and feel right at home feel like you're with your family in a locker room you know and it's I, I think 
it, it started growing on us. Being bad at it for a long time, that, that sucked. That was kind of hard getting in Japan and, uh, you know, not, not really having that ring experience and all that. But those guys pounded the fundamentals into us. But I'd say we really fell in love with it when we started going to uh, doing Texas shows and we saw really what, what what our family did in this in the in this industry and it was pretty uh unreal i thought i got it and i thought i had a grasp of, of what the family did and then when you get there i cannot believe how many people were impacted and uh and you know there's you know there's guys that are having rough times at work guys that uh didn't didn't have a father figure mother figure or yeah mother figure in the house or, or girls and talk about how our family impacted them in some way they'd get so excited to watch on the weekends and, and all this and that 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 right there gave us so much drive you know at least we'll go out there and we're going to do our best and try as hard as we can and not try to fill uh you know make up these these uh borders that we got to fill our, our family yeah just be the best version of ourselves yeah be the best version of ourselves so how is your dad by the way before i uh, ask you some questions but how's your, your dad doing He's good. Man. He's great. Yeah, he's great. We just um, we just took a walk down to the river not too long ago. Went took to the dogs scuba diving two days ago at, uh, at Luma High on the North Shore. He loved it. We went two days in a row. He's uh, he's great. Years ago when he used to do the convention team, I met him a few times, but he doesn't come over here nearly as much as uh, he used to. Obviously, he's kind of I guess loving Hawaii and not wanting to leave. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to get it's hard to get his butt on a plane, but. We're we're uh, I th I think I think we we he has a maybe one more hurrah in him. We we want to maybe maybe one day we want to get him back out there and possibly I don't know. Me and Ross are uh, are fifty fifty on it, but I, I would like to get him you know in the ring one more time. One last at least, at least clawing somebody one more time. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And and what's crazy is my dad's not against the idea at all. He thinks he's Superman still, so it's perfect. Wrestling or just the appearance in the ring? You want to actually get maybe six man? I, I want to do a six man. I want to do a six man. All three of us. I'm leaning more towards appearance, but you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see how the how the chips fall. Yeah. I, I feel like I could talk them into it. It's my sisters that are really not helping. They're no, daddy, don't do it, don't do it. You're gonna get hurt. But that guy, that guy, he's brutal. He fell out of a tree the other day. He's like, he's 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 Tarzan. He's 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 rough. Yeah, he's he always, still knows how to take a bump. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah, he knows how to fall. He's great at falling. So that like dark side of the ring stuff when he's hanging down the trees that wasn't just for the show he really is up in no, the trees man, that's yeah, the he might actually be out there right now yeah, he's yeah. probably out there he's right always now. out you know <laughs> hanging out with the animals the feeding the sheep walking everywhere so out of anybody I know he's one guy that I know that he's doing exactly what he wants to do and he's uh, the most fulfilled man I've ever met he's every time I see him he's got a huge smile on his face it's unbelievable you know what what he's gone through. And for him to be able to experience that much joy, you know, and it's there's there's no uh, there's there's no secret to it, man. He's 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 living the abundant life, as he would say. Yeah, he's always been a um, just a different type of guy um, that we've ever known. Uh, pretty eccentric, you know. Loves his family, uh, just you know, like no one else. And he's got the the warrior mentality and he's also got the soft side with like the kids and everything and, and animals <laughs> yeah and animal age it's uh he's, he's an interesting guy you know we like to pick his brain as much as we can we're just and um actually getting um getting into wrestling when the first time just got us to know our dad so much better because yeah. we can start talking about you know uh places they've been that we've been and stories that happen and uh, it's always so good just to to 
you know, my dad didn't really ever brag on himself or, or, or put himself over as we'd say in wrestling. And, uh, we really didn't know we, we, we watched world-class tapes and things like that. And of course, YouTube to see what he was doing and then getting to know what, a what, what how big the Vonics were in Texas, like being in Texas and wrestling and really seeing it really put it in perspective for us. And so I remember we just came home one day as after, uh, the TNA show in Dallas, we, uh, watch somebody get on their feet and dad stick the claw. And we didn't know he was going to stick the claw. We had no idea that was happening. Like, yeah, was that like, was a shock, shock to us. That was a shock to us and watching the place erupt. And we got in the ring and I was like, man, I remember we got in that locker room after that and nobody could talk. You had like this like joyful bubble in your throat. We're just staring at each other, laughing, kind of teary eyed. It was just, it was so cool. And that, that's kind of when it hit me. Like this is what, this is what I want to do. You know, I just want to do it the rest of my life. As a kid, I wanted to do it, but the fact that, where we're able to do it. I get to do it with my brother as well. It's, it's, it's crazy. We're doing exactly what our heroes were doing. What a moment at that, that TNA show, that pay-per-view, because you, like you said, you didn't even know he was going to do it. The fans no. kind of like, no way, you know, no way he's going to pull this out. And he pulls out the claw. That, that, that tripped yeah. us out so much. We're I mean, afterwards out, we're laughing because like, man, did, did yeah, you, yeah, he got us on that one. Yeah. He, he got, got us big yeah. time. It, it was, it was unbelievable. It was a great time. It was great timing. And that's that veteran, experience he came in and did his thing and the place erupted it was so cool to hear those those uh those texas fans you know it's i don't know how many years it's it, it was that they, they, they haven't screamed the name Ke or Ke go kevin go or or the von eric name and seeing that was you know is historical you know it was it was really really it meant, it meant a lot and it was on father's day probably and i'm thinking about it, it's one of the one of the best days of my life that was that was unbelievable yeah, yeah that's awesome did you guys are, or are you guys a part of is your dad a part of that iron claw the movie with uh, zach efron is anybody a part of that in, as far as the family um no no yeah they're uh yeah they're, they're making the movie my dad is a public figure so i so i'm they're making the, the movie but uh the the director i believe has been he's been um he's been contacting my dad and they've been talking and stuff and he's um apparently he's a he's a lifelong fan and he loves my dad and he wants to tell the story right and so we're just we're 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 hoping for the best. They seem like really good people and stuff. And so um, we'll see. You never know with, with movies. I, I, for me, my dad was just like what my brother was saying. He's, he's, he's so different, you know, people that know him, that really know him. He's, uh, you, you'll probably never meet anybody like him. If some people that don't know him would assume that he's this good looking, pretty boy, Hollywood guy, but he wasn't at all. My dad, my dad uh, is the opposite of a pretty boy. He doesn't try at all to be good looking. He literally, if if a hair if hairs in his eyes, he'll grab it and cut it out of his face. And he he's he doesn't he didn't care about the way he looks at all. And and he came off of this you know rugged Tarzan guy. And I I just I think if it's told right, it's going to be a really really great movie. And I mean, it could be so many things. It could be a love story. Of course, it can be sad, you know, because with the deaths and the brothers. But if you look at my dad, it's it's not a sad story. After he will tell you, it's uh, I mean, because he he told us death can do two things to a man. It can it can harden you towards the world and make you hate everything, or it can it, it can break you down and make you compassionate towards those who suffer. And my dad is one of the most compassionate men that I've ever met with my children, with all the nieces and nephews, with us. If uh, it's he's, I think when when you live in that warrior mentality for so many years, because he was rugged, you know, he would lay it into other wrestlers. He would he would um, he'd kind of take the deaths of his brothers out on, on in his matches on. 
And, and, and it was rough back then. You know, you yeah. had enemies in different territories and stuff. You had a lot of enemies. There's a rage inside of him. He's losing hold of the promotion. Losing yeah, he had no one left. You know, he had no one left. He felt alone, and it's it just makes us love our dad more and more. What he went through, and not once when he came home, we had no idea things were bad. Man, he would, he would, he would, he would just be dad. He would, he would love on us. Be at every football practice, at every recital from for my sisters. He, everything that he had to do, he. Uh, Father-wise, he was there for, and not once did he complain. And I, I, I hope I'm the half the man my dad, my dad, my dad. I hope the kind of father that he is, you know. And so it's, I think this movie's told right. It will impact a lot of people. I know that in our newspaper over here, they wrote a story about him, and um, a few, a few, uh, a few of these uh, people were yeah, really impacted by it. There's a homeless guy that me and him talked to that uh, stopped drinking just from reading the story. And so I was like. That's just a glimpse of shoot, man. If, if this thing's told right, it could impact a lot of people. That there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that, that, that's the ultimate gift for someone to hear a story and glean something from it that will benefit them or people around them. That's mission accomplished. Yeah, they, they see said it was it would be all worthless if, if that's not what the story did, you know. And the picture of Zac Efron is getting out there. He looks huge. He looks like Dude. almost as big as your dad, but obviously shorter. But he looks Jeez, huge. I know. My dad, my dad said, uh, I said, all right, man, relax. You're looking too good. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he got there. Might have to switch roles to Uncle Carrie. Yeah, I was going to say he's getting so big, it might have to be Carrie eventually. Yeah, <laughs> Carrie was like a Greek god. Yeah. Thing too. Were you guys, were you alive at all? Like, when were you guys born? And I, I think Carrie died in 1993. Were you guys, did you know Carrie at all or no? Yeah. I, was, I was born in 92. He knew him. He knew. Oh, I was born okay. in 98. Yeah, I knew him pretty well. I knew my him and my uncle Chris, and um, I, I have man nothing but good memories from my uncle Kerry. Always, everything's a joke. Always trying to make you laugh. Like uh, I don't know, great with kids. I don't know if it's too much, but you show them the 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 the, the, the Oh yeah, one time my dad uh, and my uncle Kerry and I were at the we'd go to the spring box every day, and <clears throat> and you know play, I'd play with the little crawdads in there in uh, in Texas, and one one time one of them <clears throat> pinched me. And I, you know, I was crying. I was like, I was like three years old or whatever. And, um, and my uncle Carrie picked him up. She said, did you bite, did you bite my nephew? And he, and he shook his head. Yes. And then he just ate the whole thing live right there in front of me. He's like, he's not going to bite you anymore. And so I just, I was just burned into my memory. I don't know what kind of thing that was, but he had two Hercules father figures right there in front of him. Yeah. It was yeah, good. Really? Carried legit. I mean, talk about Tarzan, like the actual drawing of Tarzan, like that's him. Like he's just gigantic. Yeah. He's a huge dude. It, it's it's some of the stories you hear uh, about him and stuff because that's what we're. I, I'm living off the the stories of them, and it's it's crazy. We'll meet. Uh, I know the um, Justin Roberts, a good friend of ours, the announcer. He he had a story about my about my uncle Carrie that you know it, it it rocked us. We were just talking and passing and stuff, and he said that he just uh, it was either a hotel or a venue, but. Uncle Kerry took time with them, got to know him. You know, I, I think it was like maybe like a hotel pool or something. I don't want to butcher the story. He, he can probably tell you, but it's uh, it, how it impacted him. And say, he said that's kind of what got him into professional wrestling. And Uncle Kerry has a lot of those stories, you know, like uh, with a rock as well. or Something happened with the, with his dad. He got choked out or something. Uh, um, his dad choked him out in, in front of the boys in, in the locker room. And he said he felt a big arm lay on top or lay over his shoulders like 30 minutes later my uncle carrie encouraged him you know hugged on him that's the kind of guy he was he was a big a big teddy bear and my, my dad said that that's he was um the least confrontational of all the brothers he he hated fighting he'd rather be friends and 
And there's a funny story. My dad, my uncle Dave, and my uncle Kerry, they all went to um, summer camp. And uh, and my my dad and my uncle Dave were, you know, they're 14 months apart. And so uh, the first day of camp, they all met at, at, at lunchtime. And they, uh, they were talking about, yeah, I could probably beat up everybody in my camp, in my age group. My uncle Dave was like, yeah, me too. I, he's like, I, I beat up, two, uh, I, I got in a fight with the two of the strongest kids and I beat them up. So what about you, Carrie? Did you beat anybody up? And he's like, um, not yet, but uh, I, I can. And they're like, what, Carrie, what the hell, man? Go, go find the toughest guy in there. And, and go and go uh go beat him he up. was probably maybe 10 or 11 at the time yeah. and he was like 10 or 11 and so my dad and uncle dave followed him to to his little camping group and so uncle carrie went up to this guy and said hey do you want to fight me and he's like no i want to be friends and uncle carrie you tell i heard uncle carrie look down and he's like, oh shoot and he looked at my da dad and, his, and my uncles and he was like um he's like i could probably i was like I, I could probably chew your little butt up but probably probably be just too chewy and then my dad and uncle Dave were mad at him. Said he wasn't good at talking crap or whatever. And he's like, yeah, he's everywhere he went. He's always the most popular kid, you know, yeah. likable kid. So. Yeah, it's not in his fight. nature. He didn't want to fight the kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. He ended up not fighting them. And my dad feels bad about it. You know, a few years later, he's like, shoot, that was the right thing to do. He was one of the very few that actually got along with like Lance von Eric. When when Lance was in the territory, he was buddies. That's with him. right. That's yeah. right. He yeah. liked everybody. Yeah. 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 My dad and Lance are good now. I, I know, or at least my dad's. My dad's let everything go it's it's kind of been a sore subject in our family like i can't get that much information out of it either but it's it's uh, we had him on uh on our podcast a few uh like a year or so ago and he talked about it and stuff i think it was right after the lance uh, released the book or whatever but my dad said you know he was just a kid doing his thing man it, it, i can't he can't hold anything against him it was a some japan tour that my dad got it was hard for him to let go he's representing the name and then um he left japan yeah my dad was in the hospital for a concussion uh lance went over there and lance bailed on the trip because uh something something and um my dad had to leave he wasn't supposed to take any more head injuries he had to get out of his hospital bed and go because they paid for von eric and so first match gets kicked in the head knocked out the doctor said if you get kicked in the head you uh there's a yeah big possibility that you'll die and so my dad, my uncle, or my grandfather said, Kevin, we, we, we need to get out there. You need to get out there. One, one of the boys need to get out there right now. And so my dad, his older brother, he had to go. He bounced and went. And then the first match was a shooto match. And he got kicked in the head. And so uh, my dad was when my dad, my dad just lost it. He, he said he, uh, he woke up. The, the bell just rang. And the guy, he was throwing his, uh, his jacket over the, over the ropes. His back was turned to his opponent. The opponent kicked him in the back of the head. He said he woke up and he saw little kids in the front row. Um, and he said, all he was thinking of, look at these beautiful children. And he's like, wait, what the hell? I've been knocked out. And he looked up and saw the guy standing above him and he dislocated his knee. He pulled the guy's knee out and said, you remember me? Yes, you remember. It's a crazy story when he tells it, but there's a lot of, that's the the old Kevin Von Erich that uh, we'll, we'll see glimpses of every now and then, but it's uh, he's, he's such a different person now. Yeah. Is it true about the the shoes? He never wears shoes. Like he just doesn't. No. Uh... Yeah, really, none of us do. Yeah, yeah but yeah. but yeah, he's he's always been that way. His feet are, you know, like hooves. Basically, it looks like a, they feel like the bottom of like a dog's foot or something. They're just made for off road. You yeah, know? yeah. He does not wear. Yeah, he doesn't ever wear shoes. I, I mean, there's a like rare times where my mom will beg him to, and he'll wear some shoes. But literally, if you wear shoes for too long. The sides, the sides of them, little holes get worn out in them because his pinky toes are so wide set from being barefoot all the time. He'll wear holes in shoes like way quicker than, than uh, yeah. His feet are like hands. He can pick stuff up with them and like 
grab stuff. It's pretty crazy. Grab remotes and throw them up and catch okay. it. Yeah, he still does that all the time. Where did that start? And like, obviously, you guys are kind of keeping the tradition, but where did that start? Like, why, why no shoes? Like when he would wrestle and stuff. From what I understand, is he forgot his boots uh, one time, and uh, and he said that that was all it took. He forgot his boots, and he always wanted to go barefoot anyways. We forgot his boots, and he said he felt uh, way more stable, better balance uh, in the ring on his bare feet. And I feel that UFC fighters do it. You know, it's I, I think there's a there's a reason to do it. I'm the same thing with me. I, I, I just feel way more comfortable. I always thought when we yeah, we've always been kind of encouraged to go barefoot. And so it's yeah. just been normal. Like it was the, when we first moved to Kauai, all my friends, uh, we would go down to this swimming hole and he had to walk over this lava rock and they're like, Oh, you know, he's not going to be able to do it. Uh, you know, his feet are probably all, you know, from Texas. He's probably <laughs> wear shoes all the time. And I had the craziest feet of anybody. I was running up across the jagged rocks and it was, it's nothing. I just, that's the way we're all grown up. Yeah. This is normal for it. Yeah. He, he could easily wrestle barefoot. I mean, he's got the same feet as I do. So yeah. he'll rag on my feet. This guy's got dirty feet too. I'll wear boots. That way we're covering all the bases. But, uh, <laughs> I like being barefoot just as much as everybody else. Yeah. I think the old world class announcer, Mark Lawrence, had a joke like, oh, Kevin probably just didn't want to put the boots on anymore. Like, ask yeah, like that kind of thing where he's like, oh, he probably just didn't want to put them on anymore. But I guess it, he had a reasoning for it. He, yeah. Yeah. He, liked yeah. It. he said too, like, um, when you when you're if, if you're in a town like we go on family vacations and stuff especially when he was a lot younger and uh, uh my sisters and stuff my dad would just do spot shows and he said literally just carry a pair of trunks in his back pocket and he can take his work wherever he wants to go he doesn't have to lace up any boots or anything and so i mean it, it's simple and I, and I like it too i like being able to just yeah. i like the minimalist uh yeah vibe of it all just carrying some trunks and i'm ready to go whenever 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 i need to go Plus, he sticks out like no nobody else except for you know, like obviously later on, like Haku later on, but like yeah, and, yeah. and like the Samoan guys, but nobody else does that pretty much. You don't see any like just American dudes wearing, <laughs> wearing no shoes. Yeah, yeah, strange. So with you guys and getting in, obviously Harley Race plays a role. WLW, how do you get over to Japan though? Is that that's Harley too? Getting you guys over there to yeah. Noah? Yeah, that that was Harley. We went to um we went to his camp, and I remember that was so many question marks before we went. We're excited to meet. Uh, we're excited to get or get to see Harley again, and then uh, we went there, and uh, it was yeah, it was a, a wrestling academy, and Wrestling Noah was involved. Uh, They're either looking for talent, or the person that wins the tournament goes to gets a uh, gets a trip to Japan, and we we're actually in the beginners class because we didn't have any bump, we didn't take any bumps or anything yet. We didn't know how to take bumps, so our whole class was just bumping, and then the the more experienced guys actually went to the show and had matches and stuff. But uh, there was two Japan scouts there, and um, Ross was in the other room, and I was sitting in the ring. And one of the Japan, uh, the Japanese scouts, came up to me and asked uh, asked me if, uh, or he said he said I looked like Fritz von Erich, and I was like, yes, yes, that's my that's my grandfather. And he freaked out. And then Ross walked up, and um, and I was like, this is my brother Ross. And he's like, you have brother too? And he like lost his mind, and he's like, uh, went and said, where's your father? Couldn't believe my dad was there, and he invited invited us right there. And that's really when I saw like what a blessing it was to be a Von Eric. So those guys were guys uh, joined that tournament just to get offered to go to Japan, and we were really didn't appreciate or know how how big of a deal it was until it happened. You know, like man, guys are working their whole lives to go to Japan, and we're starting off in Japan. And it, but it was definitely it was humbling. Went for three months, um, right out of the gate for three months. Came home for a few days, back for three months. Came home for a few days, back for another month. You know, it was. Uh, missed out on a, on a lot of stuff but it was the best thing for our careers we got the fundamentals pounded into us and uh, we grew a lot closer as brothers grew up as men i mean I'm, 
our parents and family members definitely said that we came back as as uh, as men you know we left as kids i was homesick miss my parents and stuff i was just a kid miss my girlfriend all this all this crap and it, it was a uh, it was it was really really traumatic but good really good for us Ross culture shock going over there to Japan. It's got to be a little bit of a change. Yeah. Oh, man. It, yeah, especially for those first two years, we spent more time in Japan than we did in America. And and for me, I had just moved to uh, to Hawaii over my uh, – in between my – after my first semester of high school and my senior year. So my second semester I spent in Hawaii, and that was a culture shock. So, you know, I, I went from that right into – right after he graduated, then we, we went straight over to Japan. So – a lot of maturing took place and and i think it was it's it was all meant to be like we we needed just to be more well-rounded more cultured more traveled and and you know mission accomplished you know when you do that and and you're obviously making a huge commitment are you thinking this is this is it we're going to be wrestlers like we're going forward with this like that's the stamp like i know you said eventually the tna thing made you really love it but obviously doing that trip to japan you got to be thinking it's going to be your job for life well dude man so we, we were we felt it i mean I, i'm not, not usually i'm like we're really bad at stuff for a long time i'm not trying to be like cocky or anything but god really did bless us with good genetics we've always been good at football good at track and field and that those kind of things have always come like semi semi easy and professional wrestling it's just like i would go out there and feel like i had a good match in japan and get in the back and but no terrible you met you 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 didn't uh, yeah it was a bad job and they just tell you blatantly like that and i was it was so hard not to be good at something it, it wore out it wore it wore on you a lot and i think our record was like oh and 60 at one point and or, or something like that and we, we were talking to each other and i actually felt like giving up i was like man dude i feel like we're just embarrassing our family man if anybody like searches the von erics we're over here getting our butts kicked and we're green we're not very good uh, you know we're we doing more damage than good and um, so it, it was kind of the, the big story where I, uh, I believe it was Kurokin Hall or might've been Osaka. I need, I want to find the building this happened, but we were, uh, we were, we were sitting there talking about maybe, maybe going home after this or finishing this tour. We didn't want to leave middle of the tour. So we're just like, we're going to finish the tour that way it honors dad, honors the family. And then we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out after. And then, uh, we actually said a, a prayer right there. Him and I were sitting there and we prayed like, you want us to do that if, if, if we should keep doing this and i pray that you give us a give us a, a clarity that, that this is what we need to do and um we just you know it i'm sure everybody feels like that if, if when you start anything you're not good at and you're not great at it it's hard not to get uh you know discouraged uh, discouraged in it you know like podcasting too man i i, I thought i, I that's it's you know, when you don't see the numbers at first it's hard and um we, we, we said a little prayer, we went and had our match. And before all of our matches and after our matches, we always go to a roof uh, or just get away, get away from the people, get away from the, the rocker room just to get alone and talk, say a prayer, hang out. And so we were sitting up there and I remember thinking in my in my 19 year old mind, I was like, man, how are they, how are they so like good at this, man? They, they were just like, everything came natural. I just, I just don't have it, man, what is it? And so I was, we're on the roof. We just had that prayer. We just had our match. We were just, we, yeah, we were sitting up, sitting up there and um ross was gonna we were gonna initial our names in a wall just to say and if this is the last time we're here like our, our our initials will be on this wall forever so ross got up on my shoulders and marked it high so nobody could erase it marked it or whatever 
well, we marked it before the match. That's right. And then we came back up on the roof and we're sitting there hanging out, looking at our scratch marks. And then a little further down, we saw another scratch mark and um, we reread it. And it was, it was, I believe, I want to get the year wrong. It was like 82, 83, maybe, yeah, it was maybe later, but um, it said Kevin David. And was, uh, Kevin David with my dad's signature crocodile. He always draws this little crocodile with jagged teeth or a shark with jagged teeth. That's this little thing that he always draws anyway, since we were kids. And it, I was like, what is that? It hit, it has hit me so hard. Like, whoa, whoa, is this, is this really them? And it, uh, if that wasn't confirmation that we were where we were, where we were supposed to be, then I don't know what confirmation is because we just had that prayer, just us that, that, that or just that day. And then we carved our names and then we see a carving of our dad and uncles. Then we talked to my dad and we got to the hotel and um, Wi-Fi called him and he told us, He's like, yes, yes, we, we marked a ton of buildings. Yeah, that, we, that, that's definitely our signature. It's Kevin David with, with, with my little crocodile. And it was, it, yeah, that, that right there was the turning point where I knew, okay, I might not be good at this, but this is what at least. Yeah, we're at least going to stick to it and see where it goes. Yeah, there's a, great, there's a bigger purpose to this than just not being good. Maybe we'll get good at it one day. And yeah, we had to stick through it. And it didn't get easier after that. It, it, it stayed hard. It stayed hard for a while, but. It eventually things started coming together. Then we came to Texas and started man eventing and then uh, doing Israel shows, UK, back to Japan, and then MLW came and it, it's 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 only been going up. It's been a, 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 a slow and steady um, ascent. Up, uh, yeah, ascent, and I and I think it's going to continue to go because we're not right now. We're at a level of maturity where we're ready to pour our full full selves in this. You know, and we we we, uh, we were we've never been closer. We know each other. We know each other really well. Like, well, what are the other ones thinking? Um, and and so I, I feel like we, we have a chemistry that no other tag team really has. That you you have that advantage when you're brothers. And so I'm sure, I'm sure there's other bro brother tag teams out there. But I'm sure they all feel this way too. But I don't think there's any brothers that are that are that can out brother us. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a sign though. Like what you're saying in Japan, that's like a little bit of a sign. Like that's kind of eerie. It's like we're definitely meant to be doing this. That we're signing here in a certain spot and like oh shit there's david dad and carrie Blue, my yeah man yeah we can't emphasize enough the timing and just yeah. the like the atmosphere and the timing was just insane we we're like both got like chills like it was it was crazy, crazy yeah. i was 19 like i didn't really know what knew or knew what i believed really yet and that was when i started taking prayer seriously i was like holy crap we just prayed and I just got this sign right here. It it, it rocked me. It changed my life. It really yeah, it gave, it gave meaning and purpose to wrestling. And that's the promise we look back at when you know we're having a low day in wrestling. Something embarrassing happens. Something a bad match. Something happens. It's that you know we know that we're supposed to be here. This is where we're supposed to be, and we continue to do it. And I know that there is going to come a day where it's it's going to be. It's it's even now, man. Even now, if it ended right now, I'm I'm blessed to say that me and my brother we got to do that. We got to go to different countries. We got to do a lot of cool stuff, all all on all on wrestling dime. So it, we it's you yeah, know, we traveled the world, won one belt, uh, met you know had a lot of friends, had some good times, and so we're you know wrestling doesn't owe us anything at this point. We're just we're just really grateful, you know. And the more uh, I feel like the more grateful we are, you know, the more things kind of just yeah. fall in your lap. It seems like it's caused us to be to be more grateful for our dad and get way closer to him. We're coming back with the same road stories as, as we longer we wrestled the more my dad makes sense everything he does and and is just makes sense i see why he's not like super domesticated when we're out in like 
public places. And, and I'm like, Dad, why do you have to talk with your hands so big every time? And it's yeah. just, you know, just little things. You're like, okay, I get it now. Because you yeah. know, you're part pantomiming it when you're in the ring and stuff. And it just becomes natural. Yeah. Know? Little things like that. You're like, okay, I get it now. Okay. His time in Japan, if he talks to anybody Japanese, he tries to do it, try to speak Japanese. If he talks to anybody from uh, Mexico, he's trying so hard to, to, to speak Spanish. He'll only speak Spanish. When he talk, and so the Spanish sucks, by the way. It's not yeah. very good at all. So, but he'll keep going. Yeah, no shame. <laughs> but he speaks Japanese? He'll try. Yeah. He'll try. I mean, he, wow. he knows he'll speak uh, a sentence and there'll be like three Japanese words in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. They'll like, usually be like, uh, it doesn't make sense, but okay. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty crazy, though. Like, he's kind of uh, trying to adapt to everybody and, like, learn their language. That's pretty, uh, pretty yeah, highly it's, intelligent. It's crazy. It's yeah. a sign of respect. You know, it I, I want to, you know, I respect your culture and, you know, well, we, we, me showing. When, when we went to Israel, you know, we were thinking about the match and stuff. And my dad was on his phone trying to learn, like, learn, learn as much Hebrew as he could for interviews and promos and all that. That's pretty professional to, to, yeah. to learn the, you know, learn the, the country's tongue. And, you know, that, that's pretty cool pretty crazy if you think about it with world class and israel it's like obviously they got that over there but your dad and his brothers were like gods over there but it's like wow israel texas it seems like the oddest combination it do, it really know, does and, and how big texas was in israel like there's uh, uh people love texas and israel which was blew my mind and in japan we were in japan at a rest stop in the middle of nowhere and we got this little it's a little, uh, like yeah rest stop we eat noodles and get gas and all this stuff and there's uh it said welcome um, howdy y'all welcome to texas and i had like texas stuff everywhere and it's 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 pretty it's pretty unreal the israel thing is blows my mind too my dad said that was yeah, the, how uh, random is that it's it's like a little tiny speck on the map on the opposite side of the earth you know in both directions it's like you know he, it, he said he couldn't believe how far away how far away from home he was and how many people is the first time he got weak in his knees from the sea of people when he got off the plane so there's no way that's for me. And cops were telling him, don't look up, don't make eye contact, look at the ground, uh, walk through the barriers, had barriers and stuff. And he waved at a lady and they said the whole place erupted. And uh, the cops threw him on the shoulder. He thought he was getting arrested. He's like, it was crazy. And I was like, man, that's, that's, you never thought that. And it was the first time they had a ceasefire in years between the Palestinians and the, uh, and the Jewish people. They had a ceasefire to watch wrestling, which is crazy. Yeah, and it was actually popular in uh, Jordan and in Israel, which uh, – in Israel, the, the way they were able to watch world class would they would, it wouldn't be great quality, but they they could move their antenna where they could pick up the Jordan uh, station, which showed world class, and so so it was like their their two uh, these two enemies of each other had a common uh, I don't want to say hero, yeah, but you know they 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 both enjoyed watching wrestling, and, and I just what a cool thing something like wrestling could do on a. On a big, uh, you know, the the ratings were a hundred percent political scale, which is crazy. If the ratings are hundred percent, is the on on Saturday the show came on on Saturdays right after Shabbat, so they weren't allowed to watch TV until after Shabbat. And so right when uh, Shabbat was over, the first thing they'd watch, and it was world class. It, it, it has up. to be one of the first times in history anything had a hundred percent, you know, show a, a rating. Yeah, so everybody's watching. It, that, I, any of our Jewish friends were telling us he's like the country. The whole country was watching every match, everything they did. And for some reason, they picked, you know, my dad to love. They loved the other brothers, too. But there was something about my dad. And, and it's crazy, too. My dad takes a lot of his his wrestling mindset uh, towards the country or, yeah, towards Israel. You know, he's, he's thinking he's, or he bases it 
on it being a small country surrounded by surrounded by enemies and and all, and all this stuff and yeah he calls it the ultimate uh, baby face story you know he's um somebody that's that's outmatched outgunned uh but you're you know standing for what you believe is right and you know you're willing to fight your heart out to to do that you want to you know you need to do the right thing and you know it kind of it's it's kind of my dad to a t so i think it's yeah. kind of cool you know and we're going over there we, there was all these people in the crowd telling stories that we met just saying um you know when we were kids we'd wrestle uh, on the playground and and I, w I would be this fun eric and we would be that and you know and uh it's the same stories we hear in texas from fans and stuff it's like crazy we're on the other side of the world and we're, it's, yeah it's just mind-blowing it it's is. really crazy yeah, that's nuts because like wrestling can somehow bring like people together <laughs> it's like exactly. It's like a, exactly it's almost like a language that's like unspoken but everyone it's, understands it's, it together that's that's extremely well said because it is I, I i've wrestled guys that don't speak english and it's crazy how it works out like and, and yeah in japan it's like the guy knows like two words in english and you go out there and you have a match and you speak the same language out there yeah so yeah it's exactly like that funny like this can anything else maybe other sports maybe a little bit but sometimes other countries don't understand certain sports you know like football soccer is obviously completely different where you go yeah. but wrestling it seems to be the natural thing everyone yeah, understands. the amount of communication that you that you need you know is different than other sports so it's yeah it kind of it's it, you're exactly it really is a different kind of it's an art you know an art form i mean that that's overused i'm sure but yeah you know, it really is a, a shakespeare art kind of live performance thing yeah, so we heard somebody say it's the last true form of Shakespeare that's out there. You know, it, it really yeah. is. You know, and it's I honestly think it's 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 due for an extremely big comeback. I, I, I think I think professional wrestling is going to be a, a, a major thing once again, which it is. It's still it's a big deal, but I, I think it's going to be a, a lot more grand uh pretty soon especially with yeah how, how the, with where, where the world's going it's a great escape you know with the landscape the way it is it's due for uh, a big comeback you know it's already on the on the incline i feel like now but you know it's it's only going to keep going to feel it's never been so exciting i i think wrestling has yeah. been extremely exciting a lot of stuff going on in wrestling just go back to israel for a second were you guys big time over when you went there or only over because your dad was with you like were you guys as popular kind of thing so so then when we went with my dad we we, we assumed uh that it's mostly for my dad because when we went for his retirement match of course he he we we milked the tag to him because it, yep. we knew why people were there and for us we're his sons dude we're the, we're the biggest fans of him so we were with the people the whole time and so right. my dad came out there and made the tag and he did his thing he wanted to do more he had the flu but he worked through it and did his thing but then we got invited to go back by ourselves yeah just, and, just he and i just marshall and i yeah yeah just ourselves and we went over there and it's we I know, made us love the country uh all over again it was i couldn't believe uh for for the amount of promoting they did how many people turned up and and it, it was it was it was beautiful, man. They took us all around. We went in Mount Masada. We went on these two a.m. hikes. We went and saw the whole place. Went and ran around in the uh, the desert. We went and saw. We was made the most of it. But the people, we celebrated Hanukkah with them and stuff. We uh, the people. It was crazy how, just how much they knew us and or how much they knew of my dad, but they also knew his children. They respected him enough to learn about us and and uh, know about us. But definitely the 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 big pop was dad's. I'm, I'm, we can't take credit for that. 
So how do you guys get found by Court Bauer? Like, where does he find you guys? Where does he see you? Obviously, you know, they, he probably knows the Von Erichs and who you guys are. But, like, how did he find you and sign you to MLW? Yeah, he, he said that uh, we were extremely hard to get in touch with, but it's actually through Israel. Um, he, uh, oh, okay. he, he tried to get in contact with us. And so he had a he they were doing uh, a TV deal in Israel, and uh, the the is the the people they're on the phone with are um, his name's Adi Kafir. Uh, he mentioned that how big the Von Erichs were in Israel, and that that, that would be a that'd be a big thing to for for the Israelis to watch Von Erichs again on TV. And um, Court was already uh, in a little bit in a, in a little bit of contact with us about some stuff and uh when yeah and then then they just brought us right over they brought they or he called us and invited us over to 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 do just to do some matches and stuff and it was perfect because we we're just at like a turning point you know it uh been doing a lot of texas indie shows and we just did a, a one in philly and that was like crazy we couldn't we've always wanted to wrestle in philly and uh and the crowd is i remember sitting in our dojo in japan 19 and 19 years old and thinking like man that's an intimidating crowd they don't care they don't like you they'll let you know like they're they're, they're uh they yeah yeah partly because it's the most intimidating you know crowd to a lot of people we're just like man i wonder how we'd be received you know like you you want to put yourself on the fire and you know and see what you're made of and so going to the mlw over there and being accepted by him was pretty crazy it was it was unbelievable I'm not too far away from Philly. I've been to a bunch of those shows. You guys are over in Philly for sure. That is, yeah, the, true. the first trip, the first trip, uh, we, we, we weren't sure how I was going to go, but the one that hit me the most, I think it was pre COVID, but the, the second time we came back, uh, the, yeah, the, our first time was like, meh, like a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it just, you know, it built like, okay, they saw us and then they saw us again and it were more, you know, well received. So, you know, we did something right and, you know, and that just, Makes you just want to pour your guts out yeah. for those people. We're I was like, like, I want to go back to Philly. I can't wait to go back to Philly, yeah. and 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 New York and stuff. It, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. These are, you seem like just major major towns. When they hear that stranglehold, when they hear that you know the that Ted Nugent esque song, they yeah. they love it. They yeah. pop. Yeah, dude. Even as kids, my dad, my dad, we if that come on the radio. Everything stops. My dad's bashing the dashboard. We're all bobbing our heads and stuff. We rocked out to that our whole lives. It never gets old. It's crazy. Yeah, it's been burned in our mind. It's just like the badass intro. Like whatever you're doing, it makes it, you know, rock and roll, baby. Yeah, you, you can be like, yeah, yeah, chopping a tree. Now, if that song hits, you got a whole second wind. Yeah. <laughs> to me, one of the best songs ever. And if it's ever on, I don't care if it's like my phone or the car, I always have to turn it up, especially, you know, like <laughs> yeah. on the guitar. It's like, I, I, I blast it. Yeah, I love that I'm song. I'm right there yeah, with you. And when the crescendo hits, do, 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 do. Yeah. You know, that's when you're, ah, and I yeah. get you going. Oh, man. Just in the beginning, as soon as you hear it, it's like, oh, nah, blast yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, something about that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But it's so just my dad knew he said right when he heard that song he's like this is what i need because they weren't really doing music and wrestling together yet my dad talked to my grandfather and he's like oh, i want to play some rock and roll before i walk out there he's and, like, yeah rock and roll was made for wrestling he thought you know and michael hayes and them they were doing uh uh free bird but you know it's a little slower and yeah uh, or, or whatever and then my yeah my dad and then my dad was trying to get uncle carrie on board and i think they settled at, at rush but uh he had some other song that had like a three-minute-long intro until he even comes out, or two-minute-long intro. My dad's like, that's not the point. You got to get the people uh, uh, riled up. You can't you can't keep them that long. If you, if you 20 seconds max, and then your crescendo hits. Uncle Dave got – or Uncle Dave, what, what did he come out to? The Grange? Yeah. Or is that – Thin Lizzie or something? Thin, yeah, something. I'm not sure, but it was, they're all using awesome. Yeah, Stranglehold, though, you can't go wrong with that one. 
Yeah, love love uh, Stranglehold. When you guys win the MLW tag titles, does that mean a lot to you? Like, do you guys think about titles and stuff, or are you just you're trying to get better, trying to get more bookings, loving the business? Titles mean anything to you guys? That that one meant a lot to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we well, because right before that, we we for the first time we we'd won a title like a few months right before we went to MLW, and it, at the beginning it really doesn't mean much, but it actually means more and more when you think about it because that's the promoter putting his his business on you saying you know th- th- this is what we have to offer um this is the best that my you know promotion ha- you know has to offer and so it, it's a huge deal for us and so when uh so when we go into mlw we just go in try to be humble um you know we're fine just doing whatever we got to do you know for as long as it is you know we just want to be good employees you know so for so for them to put that uh that trust and and respect um on us at such a you know it was pretty much right off the bat it was within the first year i think yeah it felt almost too soon it was uh right right when we got there it was uh i couldn't believe it and then it didn't set it didn't really hit until yeah they they gave us the belts and we're in chicago and the crowds going the the crowds like all up and stuff and i was like man they're like happy for us too it was unbelievable it was unbelievable we got home and I think uh, we're on the last flight from LA to back to Hawaii, and we're sitting next to each other, and and we just opened our phones and saw on Twitter, Vinerix, the new MLW Tag Team Champions. I was like, dude, what? This is crazy, you know? Because we're MLW fans before MLW came to us, and so it was just, it was, it was cool, you know. It was, it's, uh, I think that was the first like prestigious title that we held that we would, we 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 held dear to us, you know. And so yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, that was great. Obviously, you beat the dynasty, but it's pretty cool like to have like their homegrown guys win it because it almost felt like MLW guys were like homegrown. Not technically, but it just felt yeah. like that. No, I, yeah, I hear what you mean. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because we, we, we hadn't been signed to a major company before that, you know, came in as relatively unknowns and then, yeah, worked our way up. And at that time, we we're pretty anti signing a contract with anybody. We wanted to do the stick to the indie scene and it's like, I want to sign my life away. And then court came in and we had a you know offer we couldn't pass up he knew that we wanted to be with uh, that family was important to us that and their schedule worked out perfectly and he's cool with us living in hawaii not having to, to move back to the mainland or, or move back to mainland which we've considered you know going back to texas or somewhere just to make the the flights easier and all that and now that i got my little family i i mean you know, i could bring them with us but i got a feeling uh if we did do that my, my dad would probably follow us or at least come hang out with us for a few months at a time. And then that would, that's, uh, that, that, that's how I'd get my, my plan. And, and, uh, I guess in the, the works, works yeah. getting dad in that ring. Yeah. So that, that could happen. You guys move back here. Cause obviously Hawaii here might be, I don't know, more money for the flight or harder flight or longer right. flight, whatever you want to say. So that's a plan or a possible. We're, plan? We're, we're definitely open to it. We're because this is a great place to retire. And we, we've, uh, we wanted to spend we wanted to spend this time with my dad for in his later years to, to you know to, to to be with him. We work on the island, so we were we're home a lot more. And then um, we were leaving like once a month before MLW. We're leaving uh, more. That's why we like to go do an MLW. We can slow it down a little bit and spend more time with family and we're consi- or and it's consistent because we know exactly when we're leaving every time instead of hey you guys want to fly out next weekend and um, and so it, it was it was it was. We, we, we like that, uh, the stability, but then, you know, we both feel like right now we're, we're comfortable enough. We could just go right now, go wrestle, wrestle a main event match. And we feel comfortable enough to, to, 
to, to do our thing. We know, we know what the other one's capable of. We know what we do. We know what we, you know, we're comfortable with and we, you know, the style that we do. So it's, it's, uh, I feel like we're finally at a maturity where we could go and wrestle for, you know, anybody, anybody. And, and, and who knows, maybe, maybe we'll get, uh, we'll, we'll stay with MLW or we'll go. I don't know. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be the guy that eats his words from saying never all the time or an app or any absolutes and stuff. So I'm going to stay away from any absolutes or never, but yeah, I, I believe one time we, at, uh, I think maybe it got, uh, heard wrong, but we said we'd never go to, uh, we'd never ever go to WWE at the time they offered us. We were not ready. We were, we, we didn't feel like we were at our, uh, at our physical best. Um, we, we wanted to, if we went, if we ever went to WWE, we want to put our best foot forward and say, this is the best that we have to offer. Here it is. And at that time we were not, we were, uh, had no promo experience. Had a lot of learning. To had do, a yeah. lot of learning to do. And, um, you know, and so, so we definitely didn't feel like we're, we're, we were ready then. And, and who, who knows? I got a, I got a family now and stuff. And so, uh, anything can happen in the next, you know, five to seven years. And I know that now we're ready to, 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 to run with this. Yeah. And who knows the way it's playing out, you know, right now our, our contracts are up in six months, you know, and, um, you know, almost feel like the world's at our fingertips. You know, things are happening, things are, are moving, and you know, it, and it, we always go back to that time we saw those names on the wall. It's just like there's a purpose, there's an end game for this thing, and we're just kind of along for the ride. And our only job is just to bust our ass and do our best in the ring and out of the ring, and then the chips let them fall where they may. You know? Yeah. So who made that offer from WWE? That was that like Triple H or Johnny Ace, or who made that offer? So it was, uh, it was, what was the name? It was on an email. It was just, so Jim Ross, uh, Jim yeah. Ross reached out, uh, to us and got us a tryout. Wouldn't offer us a tryout for, uh, NXT. And so we got, or they were going to fly us out to go do, do the tryout. And, um, we, we immediately accepted, but then, um, and you know, and, and I, I feel like too, my dad, my dad, when he found out we wanted to be wrestlers, he wanted us to go to the, you know, to the, to the, to the highest thing we could and go to WWE to learn, to learn like the best way. And, um, my, my, my dad, my dad was like, I can make some phone calls for you guys. Is there anything y'all need to do? And we're just like, no dad, we really want to see if we can make it. We can make it, you know, the name is done enough for us. We want to see how far we can make it with just our skill and ability. And, um, and, you know, and so we, we, Jim Ross gave us a call and had us a try, uh, got us a tryout. And I think it was like a few weeks or, uh, b before the tryout, we're at the gym and, I had this this weird, uh, I was weird anxiety, it's like unsettling, feeling. unsettling feeling. Like it's not the time. It's not the time. It's not the time. And then I didn't really say anything to him. And he was working out, and he mentioned something like, "I hope we're not forcing anything to happen. Forcing anything to happen by do by doing this, you know, and and uh, not putting our best foot forward." And and when he said that, I was having like dreams about it and stuff. And I was like, "Hey, man, what what, what if?" What, what if we don't go yet? What if when we go, we, we have the we want to give them the best product that we have, and you know, what if we give it another couple of years or whatever before we go, or something else comes up? Because what we were doing too, we both enjoyed. We we're you know wrestling in, in Texas. We were getting better and better. We we're wrestling every weekend. Uh, we were uh, you know we we were working all around Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and uh, we were getting a lot better and a lot more comfortable. Hang out with Chavo and MVP, Chavo Guerrero. I mean, that guy's helped us been like a like a brother to us he's been he watches every one of our matches we sit there and so he did, uh, dissects it and i remember uh it's not always fun either he'll uh he'll, the first couple of times it was terrible yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah when we were young in the business he'll 
you know, him and MVP just lit. Like we had had a match, we got back and they like, freaked out. Like you guys in here, they slammed the door and it was just yelling and this. If, and that. if you're a third generation guy, they're gonna treat you a little different. And Chavo knows this. He's a generation guy, and so when uh, he treated us like he would like a, his nephew or his, his little brother or whatever, he rammed into us. He was like, "What the hell, what the hell was that?" Blah blah. blah. He's like, "That's your brother. You're gonna sit there and let your brother." Uh, get choked out and you're just gonna sit there and watch and, and it was just it's exactly what we needed to hear and at the time i was like man forget this guy man and he was saying very obvious stuff now looking back he was saying the things that were in, in the voice inside like my instincts were saying but i was telling them to shut up because i was like maybe i'm not supposed to do this yet maybe maybe uh, i don't know what i'm talking about and basically told us to trust our gut and and uh, change everything for us and i was when i see two guys on my brother naturally i'm not gonna let that happen and so I'm, I'm gonna get in there and break that up and the referee if he didn't if he didn't try to stop me then i'm gonna run run him over you know and it, it was and i noticed we started watching chavo chavo's uh chavo's tag matches with eddie and it's exactly that they the referees had to work they were sweating and you know holding on to him as hard as they can trying to keep him off each other but that's your family you know you're not gonna sit there i'm not gonna let my brother get jumped by two guys and i gotta get a legal tag man i can't save you it's got to be a legal tag like, no, screw rules. My brother's getting beaten up. I'm gonna, yeah, forget rules. I'm gonna go in there and 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 save him, you know. And the Chavo just put it in perspective for us with MVP there. And then uh, I remember, I think it was like seven or eight matches after that, he told us good match, man. And that meant that little yeah, thing. Yeah, those so two much. those two words were like, oh man, it just melted you. Like, oh god, I needed that, you know. Just I was like, how did you how did you think of our match? And he was like, good match. I can't I can't uh, I can't say you did anything wrong. And that was it. And we walked back. We were like, oh, I slept great that night. We went to IHOP and ate a ton of food. We celebrated. It was a big celebration for us. You finally got the psychology down. He couldn't yeah, get yeah. anything. Yeah. It was crazy. It was, it was what my dad was telling us from the beginning. But just hearing it from your dad, is, it's different. And then you see wrestlers, how they treat your dad. And you're like, shoot, I need to listen to this guy. I, I wish I would have listened to him sooner. But there's so many things. I was like, no, dad, wrestling's changed. It's not like that anymore. And he's like, screw it. Don't. He's like, just call it in the ring. Call the whole thing in the ring. And uh, and I, I should have. Yeah, I, I wish I would listen to him sooner. But trusting that is when things really change for us. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah. Trusting your your that inner voice, your inner instincts, and you know, it, like it takes you a while to get to the point where you can do it and feel comfortable enough to to do that. And uh, but it's just uh, once you start doing it, there's really no going back i mean i don't know if it's just me i never said this on a podcast so it might sound crazy but my inner voice it's always been uh it's when, when we're wrestling and stuff and i like want to want to do something or and, and i don't do it i for some reason i hear my uncle dave's voice the whole time like in my matches like in my ears or whatever and then it's always like a country accent like grab that boy do this hit and i say stupid like stuff i would yeah. never say yeah like, when i'm yelling and stuff like i don't have a hardcore texas accent when we're yelling, I'm like, whoa, baby, let's go. Texas. I'm like, where's this coming from? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Dave is borrowing my body, I feel like. Yeah, like the ghosts of the past are coming to visit <laughs> you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But as we, we wind it down here, head towards the finish, I got to mention Ric Flair's last match. If you think about it, Ric Flair kind of was the catalyst in world class between the Von Erichs and the Freebirds. The, the cage match and, and obviously it, shutting the cage. I mean, that kind of started off kind of Flair's fault, if you think about it. But you guys were a part of his last match against the Briscoes. What was that like? Because that was a great match and obviously two brother teams going at it. Dude, that was that was so awesome. We, we, um, we, the, everything that could go wrong went wrong. We missed uh, – 
we got into Arizona and our flight was delayed six times. And so we're just sitting in Arizona. We missed the meet and greet, which we're really upset about. We wanted to go meet the people and see him. We literally flew in like maybe 20 minutes before our match. Um, yeah, we got there after the show had already started. We, we had to get dressed in the van and it was, uh, had to wrestle in our jeans because, you know, bags weren't ready or anything. So we just got there and which went straight into the ring. And so I got to, I wish I would have been able to talk to more people, but it was almost uh, better in a way because I never got to see the crowd until I walked out out of the apron or we walked out out, out from the locker room and it's a big crowd man it was like yeah it just it was everyone everyone got to see our natural reaction because we, we were that was our first time absorbing what was going on that was us seeing the crowd the the very for the very first time not knowing what to expect yeah the, the whole thing was just off the cuff you know the briscoes are fun we definitely want to work with them again that, that, that was that, that was fun there's definitely some brotherly like rivalry in there and I want to do it again. I really want to do it again. At least redeem ourselves, man. I, just, I want to. I want to come in. I'm not making excuses, but I was. I was puking the whole the whole trip. I got food poisoning, and man, it was, it was nuts. Like right when I started, right when it started, I started feeling better. Right when the match was over, I think wrestling and sweating it out started feeling better. But yeah, crazy all the stuff that happened before, and we wouldn't know. We just think you're walking in the ring, wrestling in jeans. We yeah, know. yeah. There was so much leading up to that. It's unreal. We're like just got there yeah it was crazy it was so much to worry about that at one point you're just like all right worrying's obviously not making the plane go faster not making cars go faster let's just be as lighthearted as we can let's enjoy what we can and smile and laugh we make it we make it if we don't we don't so we 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 had a great time in arizona and we ended up making it we had the match and it, it ended up working out so what's next for you guys? I know six months left in the MLW deal, but what's next? What do you guys want to do? What do you want to accomplish? Are you thinking WB? Are you thinking AEW? Like, what's next for you guys? That, that, yeah, we're we're just uh, we're gonna see how the the cards unfold, man. It's um, we're, now we're definitely open to anything, um, open to staying with MLW, open to AEW, WWE, any 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 promotion uh, that will offer us. Maybe go back to Japan. We we, we uh, we're open to anything. I'm, I'm not gonna say. Um, absolutely not to anything, but you know, right now we've uh, we're getting some dates uh, nailed down. I can't confirm anything yet. Cause I'm still talking to promoters and working out flights and stuff. But want to do uh, come back, come back to the states and do some uh, kind of want to try to land everywhere or do some shows everywhere just to get our name out there, get our name back out there, and let people know we're we're still doing our thing. And then you know, it's uh, maybe show some love back to everybody that showed us love. You know, because. Yeah. You know, if if we do um, hypothetically, you know, sign some contract and we're not able to, you know, do these these things, you know, we're we're always gonna have such good memories of the indie scene. So we just want to yeah. really get, you know, get that out of our system, I guess. We have a we have a little backup plan that we were uh, we haven't really talked about before, but um, we did this show in uh, up in uh, Detroit, Texas. I, no one's ever heard of it. I never heard of it. I lived in Texas my whole life. It's called Detroit, Texas. There's also a Palestine, Texas, and a Jewett, Texas. There's some weird Texas named towns, but yeah. we did this show where we talked to the middle school, the high school, the elementary the day before, and then we wrestled the next day. And every kid that we talked to came, and it was probably one of the most fulfilling things that we've ever done. We went and the, these little kids were so riled up and pumped up, and uh, we did some anti-bully messages. I Ross uh, signed me up to arm wrestle the strongest high school kid, and he kicked my butt for everybody. And my biggest nightmare was uh, public speaking in high school. And uh, we literally walked into a, a pepper rally full of high school kids. We had nothing planned. They just give you a microphone and say, okay, tell them. Tell them what's going on. 
And I was like, I don't even know what's going on, man. What are you talking about? And he's like, it, I was there long enough with the microphone in my mouth or with my, in my face that the the fear finally went away because I mean, and then, then the way we relax, we try to put each other in awkward, embarrassing situations. Yeah. You know, that's why I was like, who's the biggest kid here? Who thinks he can beat him in an arm wrestling match? And you know, stuff like that. And when the show actually happened, the 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 sound of there being that many kids in the crowd was just it's uh, like it, world class. Yeah, reminiscent of world class. You just you, it's a whole bunch of screams, and you hear the wrestling crowd nowadays. It's almost like a deeper octave because it's like <gasps> you know male yeah. heavy. But going in that, it was that that scream. That's why my dad's ears are so bad because of the screech of when girls are screaming. In the and, sportatorium, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got a glimpse of that, and man, it was nuts. I mean, my dad did that for years. No one with no talent, he can't hear anything. When a girl screams now, it like lights my dad up. Like, oh, stupid, please stop, please. Like, he has nephews and ne or granddaughters <laughs> that are see a bug and scream or something like that. And my just lights my dad up. <laughs> I'll pace, I walk outside and pace around, and he gets mad. <laughs> yeah, love it. He probably puts him in the claw, you know. He's got to get him yeah, in the yeah, man. Oh, that, that's the number one move on all the kids here. We got a stomach claw, <laughs> they all know what the claw is, yeah, yeah. Obviously, he taught you guys that move pretty well, right? Yeah, and uh, I can't tell you how awesome it is when I watching my uh, nephews and sons fight each other and they bust out the claw. I, I, it's 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 awesome to see it. It really is. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, it's so cool to see my son. The other or right now, he's like wearing his whitey tighties with his taped wrist. He's running on the yard somewhere right now. He's in his head. He's a he's and he's watching my MLW stuff. It's crazy. It's so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Who do you think had the best claw ever? Who do you think? Man, uh, probably my grandpa, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Fritz. a good answer. Because his hands were shoot huge, you know, his hands were. Yeah, he had have one finger that, you know, makes an L, and then the other one makes like a Z shape, and he just had the craziest looking hands. And, and, so, and, and you know when you shake somebody's hand and they're just like rough and they feel like steel, you know, it's he, to a T, you know, that yeah, was That's when you shake his hand, his hand would completely surround your hand, like your whole hand. Yeah. His middle finger and thumb touch each other. I was like, jeez. So, guys, before we let you go, where can everybody find you, social media and otherwise? Yeah, so on Instagram, we're at, at Ram Von Eric, Ross and Marshall Ram, and then uh, Twitter at Marshall Von Eric, at Ross Von Eric. And then uh, we've taken a, a pretty long, lengthy break from our, our podcast, getting this house stuff finished. But, yeah, we're going to we'll start our podcast back up, the Iron Clawcast. And so we'll, uh, we'll be posting up shows pretty soon. And um, we got a YouTube channel, and we're on every – podcast platform that you can think of so yeah go check us out there and get our merch from mlwshop.com nice awesome guys thank you so much marshall ross thank you maybe next time we'll we'll get your dad on and then uh he'll come down and tell us yes, yeah, you can get him down from the trees yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's a fun interview I'll, I'll talk to him about yeah, it. we'll bring we'll bring the camera up to the tree so we're yeah, good. yeah there we go thank you guys appreciate it all, all right, right man brother. you have a good one this has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You could check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.